Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate everybody for joining us back for what I believe now is episode 60 of Tate's Take. We like to call it the best, the most entertaining, most informational, and the most educational basketball content on the planet uh, in the form of a podcast. Remember to go and follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag where basketball lives. As you know, you can see it down there at the bottom on the ticker. Feel free to comment below if you have any questions, uh, any opinions and things of that nature. Going to be talking a little bit about uh, some upcoming, uh, well, some some upcoming prospects that I know that uh, Matt has tweeted about a little bit. Uh, looking forward to seeing them in the coming weeks uh, that are on the high school level, getting ready for the collegiate level. And even in addition to uh, maybe some names that might get called uh, in June's NBA draft and a little bit of a little bit of some uh, March Madness stuff as well. So without further ado, I want to get ready to bring him in here because I've been uh, long anticipating this particular guest as I do all of mine. So without further ado, let's get ready to bring my dude in from the green room now. Ah, perfect. There we go. In the locker room now, Matt Babcock, NBA draft agent, I should say analyst. Uh, NBA draft analyst from uh, basketballnews.com. A little slip up there. Make sure you follow him on uh, on Twitter at Matt Bobcat at Matt Babcock 11. Kind of a tongue twister. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh man, I'm outstanding. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, I, I want to get this out of the way first because there's quite a few of the different talent that we have that we're going to be looking forward to hearing their names when June's NBA draft comes around. And this is the first question I want to propose. I know you've had the opportunity to see him quite a bit. Cade Cunningham, obviously the stud freshman out of Oklahoma State. Can anybody challenge this guy for maybe number one at this point? I know there's a couple names, some of them still playing in March Madness. And I want to find out exactly how special he is. I personally see really, really good. I'm not quite sure if I see special. What says you? You know, I, I really like Cade. I mean, I, I've been watching him since high school. I mean, I've seen him, I mean, at least a handful of times in person. And uh, he's got a lot of things to, to love. I mean, he's got great size, versatility, uh, great floor presence, and, and just demeanor about him. Uh, very mature for, you know, a freshman in college. I mean, I feel like you're, you're watching a, a veteran a lot of the time. Um, and, and we do currently have him as the number one guy on our big board. Uh, I think the top five guys in this year's draft uh, that you know that are likely to be in this year's draft. Uh, I think right now we have it's Mobley uh, after Cade, and then uh, Jalen Green, Kaminga, and Suggs. Uh, not necessarily in that order, but I think that grouping is all relatively close. And you know, I would be willing to listen to an argument for for any of the five. Uh, the, the guy for me that's sort of knocking on the door with with Cade uh, is Evan Mobley from USC. I, I think the kid's special. I mean, seven foot, skilled. Uh, runs like a deer. Uh, he, he's got major, major upside. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Are you are you feeling the Chris Bosh comparisons as much as everybody else, or is there anybody else outside of maybe like a Bosh? Like I see some Bosh, but I also see maybe a little bit of this person or sprinkled in with a little bit of that person at all. Yeah, I mean, we we brought up the Bosh. I, I think you know Evan's very very unique, and so he's a hard one to compare. It, 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 especially like making like a hard comparison, saying hey, this guy's just like this player. I think he's got a little bit, uh, you know, from from a, a few different guys. I mean, Anthony Davis has been thrown around, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, I can see a little bit of all that. You know, I, I don't think he's exactly like really any player I've ever seen. Uh, you know, he's he's just like I said, he's so unique for for how long he is. Because I think he's at least seven feet. He's like a long seven feet. Uh, so fluid, 
Uh, I think he's going to be able to shoot threes. I mean, really good passer. Uh, one of the best shot blockers I've ever seen. And so, I mean, the, the kid is very, very special. Let me ask you about this, because while we're talking a little bit about comparisons, and we don't necessarily have to make one for every single player, I feel like sometimes we tend to overdo it that way sometimes. But of the other ones that you've mentioned, when it comes to Suggs, when it comes to Kaminga, uh, when it comes to Cade even, um, and even Green, do you have comparisons or similarities? This guy plays just like this guy, but just some similarities to other guys. Do you have any other comparisons for those other guys? Um, yeah, I, you know, Suggs, you know, a couple guys that come to mind with him. Uh, Darren Williams, for sure. I mean, you know, Suggs, he's so assertive and comes at you just like Darren Williams was. You know, just, just hard to guard. Uh, some people brought up Jason Kidd. I, I don't think he's nearly the playmaker Jason Kidd was. Uh, not not saying that Suggs is bad. I mean, that's definitely a, a, you know a clear cut strength of his. Jason Kidd was elite. You know what I mean? So it's that's uh, that's no discredit to, to Jalen. Um, Jalen Green, who we talked about, um, little Zach Levine in him. Uh, you know, just I mean, so athletic, shot maker with deep range. Just just sort of has the knack to put the ball in the hole. I, I mean, I don't think that's a perfect comparison, but um, you know, I, I I like using comparisons just just to kind of like get an idea, you know, for discussion purposes of style of play. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be exact. I think some people uh, get a little too, uh, you know, dramatic about about these these comparisons. You throw a name out there, and you know, I've had people get mad at me about it. It's like, hey, hey just chill out, man. It's just I'm just throwing it out there for for just just a little taste, you know. Um, so I think Cade Cunningham. You know, we've talked about Luka Doncic a little bit. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be as good as Luka. Uh, where the comparison comes from is that they're they're big and they're versatile. They do a little bit of everything. And so you kind of you kind of use Cade in, in a number of different situations, and uh, just like Luca, um, you know, he's not nearly the shot maker or shooter Luca is, uh, but you know, six seven, six eight, you know, play the one, two, three, even small ball four if you wanted to in, in certain spots. Um, who am I missing here? Kaminga, uh, maybe a little bit bigger. Jalen Brown, uh, physical profile like a Siku Dumboya. Uh, again, not not perfect comparisons, but you know, I could see a little bit in you know in him and in, in these guys. I'll say this much, you know, I always have to preface it sometimes. I feel like when I'm talking to people, I'm like, the similarities only. Right. I'm not saying this guy's career is going to be like this guy or this guy is going to be as good as this guy over here. Um, when, when it's all said and done based on who we expect could be potentially entering the draft and so forth, uh, just as broad as this possibly can be because there's so many pieces to the puzzle that still have to be put together before we find out exactly what the draft will be. Uh, what kind of draft do you think this will be? Because I remember like, I think it was a year ago, and it was like, oh, this is a terrible draft. It makes me want to vomit. And then there was like the 2018 draft where it was like, this is going to be a really good draft with Trey and 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 Luca and all these different guys, um, Bagley and so forth. Where do you think this particular draft measures up with some of the ones that we've seen in the past? You know, I think I think it's a good draft. I mean, I don't think it's like out of this world great, uh, but I, I do think it's good that that top five. I think all of those guys have the uh, excuse me potential to be you know a top player on an NBA team, which is uh, you know if you've got five guys like that with that sort of upside, that that's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I think you know with most of these guys being freshmen, it, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly how they're going to develop. And so, I mean, some of these guys, all of these guys, could be all stars or they could be rotational players, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's somewhat of a shot in the dark to a certain extent when, when you're evaluating players that are 18 years old. 
in the locker room right now, Matt Babcock, NBA job analyst. I got it right this time uh, from M, uh, from basketballnews.com. Uh, I want to ask you this because as we get closer, obviously, to this weekend and get a chance to see some of the teams that are going to be taking the floor, it's no secret you've got four of the five teams that the Pac-12 put in to the tournament still existing, that being uh, Oregon, uh, USC, uh, Oregon State, and uh, UCLA, UCLA, that is. Uh, With that being said, do do you think that they were kind of Everybody's been talking about the the Big Ten has been down uh, in terms of, you know, they got nine teams in and so forth, uh, maybe kind of overvalued them. Now we're talking about the the Pac-12. First of all, let me ask you this before we get into them being overlooked or under-evaluated. Which was a bigger surprise to you, the Big Ten and how many they have still surviving at this point or the Pac-12 and how many they still have surviving at this point? You know, it's a tough question. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by both, you know, so it's uh, to compare the two. I, I don't know which one surprises me more, but uh, definitely are both surprises. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I went to Arizona, so I'm uh, I'm definitely happy about the Pac-12 succeeding. Um, so in, in terms of, you know what, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. You mentioned about being um, a guy from from the Pac-12. What is your take on what the future of Arizona looks like at this point? I mean, we don't have to really go down the long list of allegations and this and that, but it's something that does have to be uh, mentioned uh, and a question that has to be asked. What better person than from a person who played at Arizona? What is your overall take on that? And, and, And when do you anticipate us getting back to the Arizona that we usually could come to expect, uh, uh, before all of these things start taking place. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the program is obviously not not in a great place. I mean, for, for us to have to, you know, the postseason ban, uh, it's just not, it's not a good thing. You know, any way you split it, right or wrong, uh, you know, I, I think I could speak for, for all Arizona Wildcats that this was disappointing this year. Uh, I, I do like some of the players they have in place. Uh, obviously, you know, I've heard all the same rumblings and had the same conversations about Sean Miller as everybody else has. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not overly confident that he's going to be there long term. Uh, but, you know, w- with the players they have in place, uh, Benedict uh, Mathurin specifically, I- I'm really excited about him as a prospect. I, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, if you put his name in the draft, you know, we would have to look at him hard. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping he goes back to school and, and not just, you know, because I'm a wildcat, but I'd like to see him go back and develop. I think he'd be kind of a guy. Similar like Aaron Neesmith last year, who returned back to to Vanderbilt, even though he got hurt, he, you know, he really played himself into being, you know, a lottery considered, you know, player, mid first round pick. Uh, I think Mathern can could have the same situation if he were to go back and and do well. Um, and then the the kid uh, Tubalus, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much I like him as an NBA prospect, uh, but as a college player, I mean, that guy that guy is going to be a stud, and he he is a stud. Um, you know, one player that I, I watched recently on, on the high school level, Ty Ty Washington, who's from Phoenix, that AZ Compass Prep, uh, Arizona's in the mix. And so selfishly, you know, being an Arizona guy, I'd, I'd like to see Ty Ty and, you know, red and blue. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, me, I feel like every time I'm scrolling through or just checking, I'm like, Ty Ty is like everywhere now. Like you can't really go through too much without seeing something about Ty Ty, who I'm believe is a decommitment i feel like if that's correct yeah he, he was committed uh, to creighton but, and uh, uh recently just decommitted i watched him at uh flying to the hoop in dayton ohio uh, re- really good event i gotta see it monty bates you know top player in the class of 2022 and uh az compass prep just 
kicked their butt. And uh, Ty Ty was, was a big part of that. And uh, I, I'd seen him once before at an All-American event, Pango's All-American event. And, uh, you know, he was good. He, you know, didn't blow me away. Uh, th this night in, in Dayton, he, he blew me away. And uh, I think the rest of the world noticed too. And, he, you know, he got a lot of love and decommitted from Creighton and opened it back up. And now all the Blue Bloods are calling and, um, you know, Arizona included. I want to say this as quickly as I possibly can. Um, probably not a shocker by looking at the backdrop. I'm from uh, I'm from Lansing, so uh, definitely a ton of people in here that are from that East Lansing, right up in that region that's watching. You had an opportunity uh, face, face, uh, face um, in person to see this game uh, of Tai Tai and, uh, and and Imani. Do you think that Imani is? Uh, do you think that he will continue his that that commitment? Uh, for Michigan State, I think there's been some rumblings about maybe considering G League or uh, maybe something else. I'm not sure where things will fall in terms of the uh, of the NIL, uh, amongst other things. What was your take and your takeaway on that? And do you think that we'll ever see him in a Spartan uniform? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, with Imani, uh, you know, he, he did not play well against AZ Compass Prep in that that event. Uh, the night before, though, he was terrific. I mean, he is just such a phenomenal talent. I mean, he, he needs needs to continue to improve, get stronger. Um, you know, I, his body language isn't the greatest at times, but I mean, just one of the best naturally talented kids at that age group I've ever seen, really. And um, you know, and as far as his commitment to Michigan State. You know, I, I don't have any insider information on that, but there, there have been whispers, you know, that I've heard of games and, you know, in basketball circles that, you know, no, no one's really expecting him to end up in a Spartan uniform. And, uh, you know, and, and just nowadays with there being so many alternate options for guys to kind of start their pro path earlier and, and kind of capitalize on it, uh, a kid at this level, I, I would expect that he'll at least, you know, take a look at it. I think it's this upcoming weekend, or is it the following? I can't remember. I think I saw you tweeting it. Kennedy Chandler, I feel like is his name, yep. um, that you're going to have a chance to see in person. I think he's a commit to Tennessee and is out of uh, Sunrise Christian, I feel like. Yeah, Sunrise uh, Christian. He's from Memphis, Tennessee. So, yeah, I'm going to Geico Nationals in, uh, in, in Fort, Fort Myers, Florida. And, uh, yeah, I, I did a tweet with, with, with Kennedy. I know Kennedy is dead, and I've watched him before. and He's a really good player. Uh, but I mean, he's he's really just one of this event has so many so many you know top players, and I mean, I think I've got a list of like 25 guys that I'm probably going to do reports on. And um, it, it's just you know, events like this is how I really get ahead. You know, my primary focus is the NBA draft. You know, but this last year with with the pandemic losing so much, so many opportunities to see some grassroots stuff, it really you know proved to me how important it is for me to get to know these guys, at least become somewhat aware of them when they're 16, 17, and 18. Because if I'm just waiting you know, for their freshman year, especially now with all these alternate options, I, I, I don't trust that I'm going to get the right amount of uh, you know, sample size to evaluate them properly. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting out there and uh, you know, getting, getting ahead. We're trying to at least. That's a good point and a good way of looking at it. Now, this news just broke. And before it happened, I think me and you were – kind of uh, texting back and forth a little bit and you had the opportunity to go uh, and, and, uh, and, and learn under uh, Coach Kruger a little bit and obviously attending high school, being a teammate uh, with his son. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the things now that it's breaking now, some of the maybe lessons, things, different things that you've learned from Lon Kruger and even more so what type of legacy he's leaving behind now as a coach former of the Atlanta Hawks Oklahoma and so many other different places yeah first of all I'll tell you a little bit about the sort of the backstory there so I, I was living in Milwaukee Wisconsin my, my dad's worked for the Milwaukee Bucks for a long time and uh, I, I 
I wasn't in a great situation with my high school coach uh, and, and decided to, to, to leave the team. And uh, my uncle Pete was the general manager of the Atlanta Hawks and uh, offered me to come, you know, move there and live with him for my senior year and had an opportunity to play with Kevin Kruger at Walton High School in, in Marietta, Georgia. And I did that and we had a terrific year. Um, and, and obviously, you know, I became really close with Kevin and, and Lon. Lon. Lon was the head coach of the Hawks. Uh, and actually, funny story is, uh, you know, my uncle had hired Lon uh, after a, a referral by my dad. So my dad and Lon had, had known each other for a really long time. Um, you know, but it was really just a great year. Kevin and I, uh, you know, had had, had a really good year. We, we were the backcourt. We, we shot probably 15 threes a game and um, just had a lot of fun. And, you know, it was funny, you know, in the off season or when we had days off, uh, Lon would work us out. And so, I mean, I had, had an opportunity of, you know, individual training by, by a coach of his caliber, which is just incredible. And I, I would say the, there, there's not one specific lesson that's jumping out, but it was more of just his whole approach as a coach that stuck with me. You know, cause I, you know, growing up in basketball, I've kind of seen a lot of different styles and, and Lon's style was all positivity. You know, he, he was just very supportive of his players, patchy on the butt, uh, just, just a you know, great energy. And that's something I, I've tried to apply to my life as far as you know, how to lead people and, uh, I, you know, positivity, I think, is something that is contagious and it's something that I believe in. And speaking of, this also happened just recently, I believe. Uh, Kevin Kruger, the son of Lon, being named the head coach of UNLV. You spent a ton of time, obviously, as you just elaborated with Kevin. Uh, what kind of coach, what kind of person uh, will the running Rebels get from 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 hiring uh, Kevin Kruger? Well, you know, Kevin and I have, have similar backgrounds in the sense that we, we were born into this. You know, we, we've uh, you know, we've been around the game our whole lives. And, you know, I, I've had some some people, you know, criticize me in the past of that I've gotten so many opportunities because of my family. And, you know, the way I see it is, you know, we're, we're, we're privileged in the sense that we've had so much exposure to the game our entire lives. And so our basketball IQ, our connections, our just feel for the whole landscape of basketball is, is on another level. Um, just because we had, you know, the huge head start and, and Kevin falls into that category completely, just, you know, just a basketball lifer, you know, and, and, uh, and it's not just that his dad's been around, like he's been into it too. And so, I mean, he's been on, you know, chasing his dad, just like I've chased my dad around and, and kind of taking notes along the way. And so I, I think Kevin's going to be, be terrific. And, uh, I mean, just, you know, his, 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 uh, you know, style as a player, I mean, he was high basketball IQ, very good leader, played hard. Uh, I think they're probably going to play with a, a great pace and probably shoot a lot of threes. We talked a little bit about the um, about the four teams from the Pac-12 that are getting in. Call it the wild, wild west, I guess. In this particular matchup in the West region, number six seed USC taking on number seven seed in Oregon. Of course, that's on Sunday at 9.45 p. Eastern Standard Time, of course, on TBS. What would you say is the keys to victory, even if it's just one or two uh, for each team? What do you think that the keys are, considering the fact that you do watch so much uh, basketball in general, but of course being on the West Coast, the West Coast, uh, the uh, Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, I know both teams really well. I mean, I've seen them both quite a bit, and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty even matchup. Uh, you know, I think uh, Oregon's key is, is Chris Duarte. I mean, that kid is an absolute stud. It seems like he's finally starting to get the attention he deserves. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. He, you know, legit six-six. You know, shoots the lights out. Uh, you know, plays hard. He's competitive. Uh, he's got a good feel for the game. Uh, I think he's the key. If he's rolling, you know, Oregon's probably going to be rolling. And then with USC, you know, the Mobley brothers. Uh, you know, obviously Evan is is the headliner, uh, but his older brother Isaiah has been playing really well. And and I've I've liked Ev or uh, excuse me, I've liked Isaiah since high school. Uh, you know, he just hasn't hasn't been a consistent shot maker. 
uh, in his college career thus far. The last couple of games, though, he's uh, he's shown he's, he's capable. So if, if the Mobley brothers are rolling, you know, it should be should be a fun game. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to see some Pac-12 teams going at it. One of our consistent and more persistent viewers here on the show, Matt Mowers and Matt Babcock. Uh, is good money and enjoying this without question. So we do appreciate Matthew and, of course, uh, my dude Jansen for uh, for checking in on the program as well. So if I can, Matt, I want to keep you for probably about, I don't know, let's just say about 120 more seconds, if that's okay. I Bro. want to, if it's okay, I want to invite you in uh, to something that we call uh, – quick release so it is essentially kind of like rapid fire if you will something similar to that just something to have a little bit of fun with ask you a couple questions on our way out to conclude the show so here's the first one if anybody in this particular uh ncaa tournament uh will be something similar to like a patrick o'brien from bradley a few years ago nobody knew who he was beforehand ended up going on a long run in the tournament uh, and, and then ended up making a case for himself to be a lottery pick and or first round. Is there anybody that you see in this particular Sweet 16 that has uh, similar capabilities? Yeah, I mean, I think I already brought him up. Chris Duarte. Uh, I mean, he's the guy, you know, I, I mean, I've been behind him all year. And I think, you know, my vantage point, I, I live in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so I'm in Pac-12 territory. I, I think I, uh, you know, I think I got ahead on him pretty, pretty well. Uh, some people are starting to take notice. You know, if he keeps playing the, the way he's been playing, you know, I think he's just – he's on the up and up. Let's go with this one right here. So if we do a little – play a little fill in the blank, nobody's talking nearly enough about this team. It might surprise everyone else, but it would not surprise me if they made a run to the Final Four or won a national championship. Obviously, that's going to be something hard to do because Gonzaga's still in it. Who would that team be? Fill in the blank for me. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly I don't have a good answer here. I, I mean, this year when I did the bracket to start, I went pretty conservative and I had three number ones, and okay. uh, the, the fourth being Tennessee, which obviously didn't work out well for me. But uh, I still got three in there, and so yeah, if, if anybody's betting against Gonzaga, I, 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 I don't know about their their basketball knowledge. We. Hear so many things about Gonzaga, and they're all positive and very optimistic. I don't hear nearly enough about, I'm not going to say, I don't like to call them weaknesses, but concerns. Whether you see any there or not, what type of team or what type of style do you think that it will take in order to knock off the Zags? I mean, an NBA team, maybe. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, they, they got a little bit of everything. I mean, Jalen Suggs is the floor general, and he is just terrific. I mean, Kispert's turned himself into – I mean, really, probably one of the best college shooters ever. Uh, and I, I think Drew Timmy, I mean, that guy, is, he's a little bit of a throwback. But, I mean, I feel like I'm watching Kevin McHale out there. That guy is just a bucket. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think there's uh, – I've been probably higher on him than, than anybody all year. And I understand the argument against him is that, you know, how well does he fit into the NBA game. But at the college level, uh, Drew Timmy, that, that guy can play. And you know, the list goes on and on with Gonzaga. I mean, they got guys on the bench that aren't even playing that are that are NBA prospects. So – yeah, I, I I can't say enough nice things about Gonzaga. I, I think I think they're just a really really good team. Baylor would probably be the only other team that I would even think about betting on. Uh, you know, in, in regards to the championship. I'm trying to see if I can pull off the uh, handlebar <laughs> mustache like Drew right. Timmy. Uh, three, just la these last three ones. I want to get these ones out the way relatively quickly. Let's do one more little fill in the blank here. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see 
blank this weekend, what would that blank be? Anything hmm. at all? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I feel really confident about these top teams. Uh, you know, so I, I you know, I, I'm not expecting any huge upset. And obviously, I mean, it's March Madness, so it's kind of like that's where guys like me, everybody, you know, leans on me to make these picks for March Madness. And it's like they call it March Madness for a reason, and I'm, reason, I'm probably yeah. going to lose my bracket. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Let's go with this one. Is there an underrated Sweet 16 matchup? And maybe everybody's like, ah, everybody's looking at this one. I might decide to peek over here at this one a little bit. Nobody's going to be looking at this one, but this one's a little bit more on the more underrated side. Well, you know, I mean, I've kind of been a broken record here of of pumping up these three number ones that are still there. Their matchups are tough, though. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one specific matchup uh, with with the two players, uh, Marcus Zagorowski at Creighton against Jalen Suggs. I'm really interested to watch that. Zagorowski is a dang good player, really tough, shoots it, knows how to play. It kind of reminds me a little bit of one of my favorites from the draft last year is Malachi Flynn. I, I don't know if he's quite as good as Malachi Flynn, but they got the same kind of style. Um, who else? Uh, Villanova Baylor. Uh, you know, I'm, Jay Wright is, is, you know, arguably my favorite coach in college basketball. Watching his teams play, they just do things the right way. They play hard, they defend, they move the ball, they take good shots, they hold each other accountable. Uh, it's just good basketball. And, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I mean, that guy, that guy, you know, he's not overwhelming as far as his tools go, but that guy is a very reliable player that will be a good M- NBA uh, NBA player probably for years. And then Florida State, Michigan, uh, you know, uh, Leonard Hamilton has just got that thing moving. I mean, Florida State program is just, you know, it, it, it hasn't, I don't know if it's ever been as good as it is now. He's got pros coming in and out of there every year. Uh, Scotty Barnes doesn't even start for them, and we got him number six on our big board. Uh, you know, so those three matchups, I'm, you know, although I do think, the number one seeds are going to win. I'm still really looking forward to them. Now, in the event that you're going to be able to watch every single game this weekend and you have to pick one just to watch, your most anticipated Sweet 16, I have to watch this game. Which game is it? You know, probably Oregon USC. I I just, you know, the rise of Duarte, it it just really has me excited. I mean, I've kind of been on his bandwagon all year and, and um, you know, and the Mobley brothers. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm huge fans of both of them. I know their dad really well, Eric Mobley, such a good guy. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm a draft analyst and I'm evaluating these guys. But, you know, I, I've been a basketball fan my whole life and I, I still have a passion for March Madness. And, you know, I'm, I'm rooting these guys on as well. Who's the toughest player you ever had to guard, Matt? Oh, LeBron James. Ah, there we <laughs> yeah, go. No, I, I played, I'm a year older than LeBron, uh, but I, he had played, I was playing for Friends of Hoop, Wisconsin. Um, and he was playing for the Oakland soldiers and, uh, you know, he was a lot, I'm, I'm, I'm about six, two. He was a lot bigger than me, but we had a couple, you know, uh, possessions where we guard each other. I had a three on him. He missed a couple shots. I've got, I've got, I've got the ability to say that the rest, rest of my life. Uh, and then, uh, we were at ABCD camp together too. And he, uh, he dunked on me pretty good while we were there. And, uh, you know, he, he probably doesn't remember me, but I remember him. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh man. I was going to say, uh, what was there? Uh, I, uh, a difficult atmosphere which co- which collegiate gymnasium was really kind of tough and just the craziest raucous crowd for you uh well you know I, when i was at arizona as a walk-on i, I never really even played uh but i mean their arizona atmosphere i mean mikhailson obviously i'm biased but i mean that's that's as good as it gets uh from a, a scouting perspective you know i travel around going to games a lot uh, i think ku is, is a special place uh cameron um, you know, Duke, I mean, th- th- those, those places are legit and I, I always enjoy going, going to games there. 
Matt Babcock, NBA draft analyst from basketballnews.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Matt Babcock 11. That is at Matt Babcock 11. Hopefully maybe get a chance to uh, bring you back on sometime as we get a little bit closer to the uh, NBA draft. But I definitely want to say thanks for taking out some time in your busy schedule to join us on the program. Not sure I enjoyed that. And I'd be happy to come on anytime. Just keep in touch. Will do. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. That is Matt Babcock. We appreciate him for blessing us with uh, with his presence and, and coming on and joining the program and kicking a little bit of knowledge around and uh, uh, previewing some of the stuff that we'll see this upcoming weekend. We did a little bit of stuff talking about uh, the breaking news of Lon Kruger as well being the um, retiring uh, from basketball now. And wow, we have, I think I'm a, might have to ask, uh, in one of these Atlanta Hawks post-game press conferences, maybe I can ask Trey about, uh, what he's meant, uh, to, uh, to him and, and, and his career and even post-career and so forth and how he found out the news and so forth. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, as we get ready to conclude, I think I'm trying to see what we got coming up. I know I teased it a little bit, said that we were going to have Tim Brando. Uh, that ended up being rescheduled, but we are going to get Tim Brando on again. Got some more people that are going to be coming up later on this week as we get a little closer to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchups before the whole Final Four deal. Uh, so make sure that, you know, you don't have to wait for, uh, you know, to, to, to be scrolling through and say, oh, Deshaun's on. Let me see what he's talking about. If you love the program, feel free to share it along with a friend. You're always more than welcome to do that. Let them know to go and subscribe. Don't save it for the local barbershop. Don't save it for the local sports bar. You know that we talk it here on my program, the best, the most entertaining, the most educational, and the most informational basketball content on the planet uh, in the form of a podcast. As you know, it's where basketball lives. So go and subscribe. You know I have to tell you guys to make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you tell your enemies, make sure you tell your mama, make sure you tell your grandmama, and make sure that you tell your baby mama where they can go and subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. And you can always feel free to leave us up to a five-star rating as well, and or uh, feel free to just kind of drop us a note there on a review and let us know how you're enjoying the podcast because we always try to uh, upgrade it as much as we possibly can and try to improve it uh, according to those that are watching and listening. So at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, where basketball lives. Again, thanks to um, Matt Babcock for joining us. Also for Jansen Harris that chimed in, uh, Matthew Maurer, and any and everybody who's already subscribed, currently listening, will listen later. Uh, and or will subscribe later and just passing the word along. So appreciate it. And we'll be seeing you guys on uh, episode 71. That'll be coming up next. Thanks so much.